Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. together and feel your presence that we know you're alive that you care about us that you want us to have these moments together each week where we can allow things to be burned off of our lives and to taken out of our lives pray today that when we walk out of here we would look more like you but we would also see the world differently we would see with a different perspective and that we would feel better than when we walked in. We recognize we don't live by feelings, we live by faith, but I also know that your word declares that when we gather together and we praise you, that things change. Our countenance changes, our attitude changes, our outlook changes, and so I pray that when we walk out of here today, it would be with a sense that you're with us, that you're for us, and that life is doable because of you. I thank you that you're here today and that we can be with you in your presence. Anybody thankful for his presence this morning? Amen. Amen. Would you give your neighbor a high five and just say, hey, you can feel better when you leave today. It's all right. You're going to feel better when you leave today. Are you ready? Here we go. One, two, three, go. Okay, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I'm not the only one that was not very good at the quiet game. See, some of y'all, y'all already blew it. I, I heard chuckles and laughs. It makes you uncomfortable. Silence makes you uncomfortable, right? I, I, I personally don't like the quiet games, the quiet game. The truth is, is that I love childhood games. I was, my favorite subject in elementary school was recess. And uh, uh, I love childhood games. Here are some of the, the all-time greats. Freeze tag. Remember that one? That was a great game. Uh, here's another one that was just an incredible game. Uh, smear the guy with the ball. Uh, we had to change it, you know, but, uh, but that was a fun game, man. It was like tag with, like, tackling. It was great. Uh, crack the whip. Anybody remember crack the whip? Uh, about three of you, though, you only lifted one hand because the other hand's broken because of crack the whip. I understand. But all of those games, I hated the quiet game. The reason I hated the quiet game was because there's no motions, there's no actions, there's no activities. It's a boring game. And so I hated it, and I grew up hating it. I still hate it. But I've also come to realize, like we talked about last week, that as a believer in our walk with God, there seem to be these long seasons of silence. I much prefer when God is speaking at every turn. Have you, have you ever experienced that? Where it seems like at every turn God is talking to you. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You're taking the dog out because he's scratching at the door. You walk out on the front porch, let him do his business, and all of a sudden God just says, Thus saith the Lord. And it's like a mighty revelation just at every turn, right? I love those seasons. But how many of you are mature enough to understand that it's not always like that? In fact, I, may I just break the news to you? If you've never experienced a quiet season with God, just hang on because it's coming. I, it's just a part of the walk that we have. I, I wish that uh, God's voice was 
always like those moments where it's thundering to us. I read to you out of uh, Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 22 last week, because this is where I find myself a good uh, part of my life is this. He, he spoke in a tremendous voice from the fire and the cloud and the dark mist. Those are the, the always speaking moments. And then it says this, and that was it. No more words. Anybody ever experienced a no more word season with God where you're asking him to speak, but you just can't seem to hear? So, so here's my question. What do you do when God seems to be hard to hear? What do you do when your prayers bounce back at you? What, what do you do when silence is not golden, it's annoying? Okay, I must be the only one. Uh, I, I have learned this, that not having the, the ability to hear is terrible. Um, I'm not going to tell you how old I am. I'm just going to tell you that I'm in that season in my life where I have to ask for people to repeat things that I didn't used to have to ask. I, I find myself going, huh? What? Can you say that again, huh? Can What? Can I turn the TV down so I used to? I could hear it through the TV, just chose not to listen, but I could hear it through the TV. Now it's not a choice. It's, I, those, are, those are frustrating moments, right? Okay, now what we know in the natural is this, is that when someone begins to, to become hard of hearing or to, to start losing their natural ability to hear, there are basically two options. The first option is we ask everybody to talk louder. You've met the, it's funny, we were sitting in a restaurant uh, here in Bethany this week, and there was an older couple sitting just behind us, and it was hilarious because you knew they couldn't hear because they were talking like this to each other right in the middle of dinner hour. They're carrying on conversation, I was going, they can't hear. So that's one option, we just ask everybody to yell really loud uh, so that we can hear, or we invest in hearing aids. Now, hearing, how many of you know hearing aids have progressed? I mean, you used to be like, they were like the old cellular phones. I mean, you had to, you know, like, let me hear you. Now you can't even tell when people have hearing aids, but we can invest in hearing aids. Well, uh, we learned some things last week. We learned that God is consistently and he persistently talks to us. Uh, we also learned that, he, that God has this still, small voice. We, so, so if we learn that he has a still small voice, if, we, if we're having trouble hearing God, waiting on God to raise his voice is futile. Most likely he's never going to raise his voice to you. So since he's not going to raise his voice, that was number one option in the natural, which he's not probably going to do to you. So then that means we must opt for the second not only in the natural, but in the supernatural, that we begin to rely on hearing aids to hear God better. Well, um, that's what I want us to do. I want us to talk about some hearing aids this morning. Uh, I want to read to you out of John chapter 10, one verse of scripture that I think kind of sets the backdrop for what we're talking about. Uh, Jesus is speaking, and he makes this statement. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Okay, Jesus is talking about uh, the connection between our ability to hear and our ability to follow. You missed it. I went right over your heads already. Uh, Jesus is making a profound statement. He connects. He, he changed together our ability to hear because he says, my sheep know my voice. They hear my voice. Then he says, and they follow me. So if you can't hear him, then it becomes difficult to follow him. I can't get no help in here. Some of us struggle to follow because we don't hear correctly. 
Jesus made it very clear that we are supposed to hear his voice. In fact, he doesn't even address a quiet season. He doesn't say, my sheep will hear my voice part of the time, and then it'll get really difficult to hear me, and then they'll struggle. He doesn't even say that. He just says, my sheep will know my voice, they will hear me, and they will follow. So if he's adamant that we will hear him, but we're struggling to hear, then it is paramount that we learn to incorporate and to embrace hearing aids so that we don't miss his voice, so we don't have problems following. Okay, it's quiet in here. So, so the Bible lists um, seven hearing aids. And you go, oh, Lord, we're going to be here to like Christmas. But we're only going to deal with three today. These, uh, these hearing aids, what they do is they are designed to help us filter or judge the leadings and the promptings that we sense inside of us. They're, they're designed to help counsel us and help us to wade through the guidance of others. That's what these hearing aids are supposed to help us to, to do. Um, and so, so I want to talk about three, the first three. And listen, they're basic. We ought to know these. And I would leave these alone except for this fact. I watch so many people struggle in their walk because they leave out these three. And therefore, they don't know how to hear God, and they, they'll turn other ways. Okay, so, so, so three very basic hearing aids that God utilizes in our lives, if we will allow him to, to teach us how to hear. All right, are you ready? Say, I'm ready. Okay, just want to make sure you hear. The first one. I told you these are not profound, but they're basic. you got to know them. The first one is he uses Scripture as a hearing aid. This has all, the, the, listen, the Bible has been and always will be the foundation for hearing God. In fact, all the other hearing aids that we will talk about have to be bounced off this foundation. This is the standard by which we judge all other voices. This is the standard by which we judge all other uh, attempts to help us hear God. If you don't know Scripture, then you're going to struggle to hear God. Okay, I didn't figure that would go over great, so let me just continue. I am convinced that too many of us discount God's written word because we have developed a preference for the convenience and the easiness of his spoken word. So it looks like this. I go all week long and I never look in scripture for myself. I will just wait and try to hear God on Sunday because I know on Sunday the pastor is going to open up the word and read to me out of scripture. Then I will be able to hear God. Don't shout me down while I'm preaching good. We prefer spoken word. It's easier. It's more convenient. It doesn't take as much time. Okay. Um, but I just want to remind you this morning that, that the, the written word was the spoken word. Before, as it was being written, it was being spoken to individuals that wrote it down. And it is his spoken word to us. It's still alive. It's not a dead book. It is a live book. And so as we, as we work through and work with and work in his word, we literally hear God's voice speaking to us. Okay. That's why I want to say this to you. If you are not versed in verses then any voice can mislead you and misguide you because you will mistake it for God's voice because you have no standard against which to judge that voice. 
I'm trying to help some of you right now because there are some people in this room right now that have people in their life that know how to, to use the right tone and the right inflection, and they like to act like they're speaking for God, and the truth is they don't have a clue what God is saying, but you don't know any different because you don't have any written word locked away to judge it against. Okay, all right. So Paul said this to Timothy. He says in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, listen to what he says. He says, all scripture, not just the parts I like, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be complete. Tell your neighbor, I'm a man of God. If you're a woman, you can say woman, but it, it, it's, it fits for both. I'm a person of God. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So what Paul is saying to Timothy then is that if you don't have scripture that reproves you and that teaches you and corrects you and guides you, here it is, you can't be complete. Ooh, okay. Y'all are fighting back this morning. Now, see, we tend not to like this particular hearing aid because we've grown lazy. Interacting with Scripture requires each of us to dig, each of us to spend time, each of us to open up our Word. Okay? Um, if you're not hearing God's voice, and if you need direction... And if you need help, then may I declare to you that it is in his written word. So what does that mean? That means we quit chasing prophets and prophecies. Unless we have first gained a foundation in his written word. I just want to submit this to you this morning. And you don't have to like me for saying it. I'm just going to tell you what I believe. I believe that oftentimes our seasons of silence are self-inflicted. Because we won't open his written word. If God never spoke again, ever, may I submit to you this morning that he's already spoken enough. So, so let me help you. Let's see if I can, see if I can find you. I'm just going to try to find you. Need direction? Need guidance? Need counsel? You need principles that apply to every step of your life? Maybe some of these. You want to find out how to live? Want to find out who you should marry? You want to find out who you shouldn't marry? You want to find out how you should conduct your life before you get married? While you're dating? Want to find out how you should conduct your family once you get married? Want to find out how to raise your children? Want to find out how to conduct business? Want to find out how to give? Want to find out how to, how to operate? What kind of attitude you should have? Guess where you find all of that? Not on Facebook. The book. It's all there. The reason we don't know who to marry and who not to marry, the reason we don't know how to raise our kids, the reason we have bad attitudes, the reason we fight when we talk about giving, the reason we don't do what we're supposed to do, the reason we don't conduct business the way we're supposed to conduct business is because we have thrown the hearing aid of his word to the side and we want somebody to spoon feed us and walk it through for us. You've got to know his word. 
You've got to get in his word. I want you to hear me this morning. A wordless believer is a hearing impaired believer. Consistent hearing requires consistent reading. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 says this, For His design power has, be- has been bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness through true and personal knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. And then it goes on and it says, We have been given these great promises. Where have we been given these promises? In His Word. His word is a hearing aid, so we will struggle to hear God's voice if we don't know God's word. If you know his word, you will know his voice. If you are in a season of silence, then I, may I suggest to you that you don't spend less time in his word, you spend more time in his word. Then what you will learn is that you will hear his voice. Okay, I'm going to try two because one didn't go very well. So the second hearing aid is this. The Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14 verse 26, there's a, there's a statement made here that we know. Um, we like to um, quote it to our kids right before they take major exams. And I'm not sure it exactly applies, but I'm still going to quote it because I want my kids to make A's. All right? uh, it says this, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, and this is the way we quote it, and bring all things to your remembrance. So that's the King James. But let me read it this way. That will teach you all things and remind you everything I have said to you. I believe that, that the Holy Spirit is a substantial missing hearing aid for most of us as believers because we have forgotten this aspect of the Holy Spirit. He brings everything Jesus said to our remembrance. Let me me rephrase that. I want you to think about this statement. I wrote it down like this on purpose. I want to make sure I say it just like this. The Holy Spirit helps us recognize, listen to this, and remember the sound of Jesus' voice. That is an incredible promise. That is an incredible hearing aid for us. That we can count on the Holy Spirit as a, as a, a, a tool, an aid, a helper in hearing the voice of God. That is why that I believe, one of the reasons that I believe it is so absolutely essential for every believer to be filled with the Holy Spirit. As Pentecostals, I know that we've often sold the Holy Spirit short. And what we've done is we, we, we want to utilize the Holy Spirit or play on the Holy Spirit just for good services or these public gifts displays. But I want to say to you this morning that we, as Pentecostals, have put all of our attention on the speaking side of the Holy Spirit. And if we, we, have, we tend to neglect the hearing side of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit in our life because He allows us to remember what Jesus sounded like. Um, Hebrews chapter 10 verses 15 uh, 15 through 16 says this, it says, But the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us, for after He has said before this is the covenant that I will make with them, and after, after those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds I will rewrite them. So the Holy Spirit, it, it's all balanced back off the first hearing aid. He reminds us the laws that have been written on our minds and our hearts. He reminds us what God sounds like. 
He goes on in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. He says, now we have received the Holy Spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been given freely to us by God. He, he reminds us, he helps us to know what we've been given. The Holy Spirit is a major hearing aid that we have turned into a major sideshow. And we need to recalibrate and rely on the Holy Spirit to help us hear. See, I want you to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. But I also want you to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit where you are able to hear. I find a lot of Pentecostal people that don't know how to hear. They won't listen to anything. They won't listen to nobody. And yet the Holy Spirit is described as one that will help us to remember and to reflect and so do I want you baptized in the Holy Spirit so we can see gifts display and manifest it? Yes. But I also want you to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit so that he can remind you, so that you will be able to sit and reflect and be brought to you. Remember, it's the sound of Jesus' voice. So when Jesus speaks to you and says, do this, the Holy Spirit kicks on and says, that was him. That was his voice. Remember what he said and do what he said to do. The third I want to mention, the third hearing aid this morning is, again, balanced off the word. We, we have the word as a hearing aid. We have the Holy Spirit as a, 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 a hearing aid. And the third is this, the prophetic. The prophetic as a hearing aid. I want you to come to this place, and I'm, I'm going to read some things to you that I wrote. I wrote them in particular because I want to make sure we're clear as a body. This is just teaching time as, as a body for us. I want to make sure that we esteem and understand that we wholeheartedly believe in words of knowledge and words of wisdom. We wholeheartedly believe in personal prophecies because we know that these are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So we cannot dismiss or discount God's ability to speak through us, to us, through someone else. Through someone else. Um, so how do we judge that? What do we do with that? Well, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning in verse 19 and verse 21, we get, we get some uh, instructions. It says this, do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances, but examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. So, there, in other words, Paul is saying, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of this stuff. We simply know that the one who knows us has the ability to use anybody he chooses to speak to us. Okay, so here's some questions I have then. Have these gifts been misused and abused? Yes. Another question I have. Have these same gifts been underused and as a result Silent seasons drag out that should have been short-lived. Yes. So here's another question. Does the prophetic take the place of Scripture? No. Does not. You have my permission that anybody, anytime in this body comes to you and says, Thus saith the Lord, and it conflicts with Scripture, you can be polite, but you can be firm. Forget you. It doesn't line up with the word. Okay. 
Some of y'all hadn't been in the church that I've been in, apparently. Uh, does prophetic word supplement and assert the word? Yes. If it's founded in Scripture, if you can back it with Scripture, then yes, it does. Um, so my question again, I've asked you all those questions. Let me get very personal for, for you then. My question is, who is suffering in silence simply because you won't prophetically speak? There are people in your lives, in your circle, your, your circle of influence that are suffering in silence. And they are suffering in God's silence simply because you're afraid to speak prophetically. What prompting, what leading, what simple truth are you being directed to give? And as small and as insignificant as you may think it may be, that word, if you would release that word, it would crash through the silence of their life and set them free. I told you last week that God has this tendency to throw his voice. One of the most difficult lessons to learn in life, I think, is that when other people speak, it could be God. Has anybody else struggled to learn that lesson? Okay, I've struggled to learn that lesson. And I talk to you about this, especially when it's a voice we don't prefer and we don't esteem. All right? Let me teach you a harder lesson this morning. This may be the hardest one. It's hard to learn that God can speak through somebody else. But let me tell you the hardest lesson. God may sound like you. Some of us can embrace the fact that God sounds like other people around us. But what if God is trying to speak through you? And when you open up your mouth, you hear your voice. But what if it's not your voice? What if it's God's voice? And some of you will never step up and say, God is leading me. God is guiding me to say. God is prompting me to say. And because you refuse to do that, you have family members that are suffering in silence. And children that are suffering for guidance. And co-workers that are struggling in life. And so I just want to give you some, some really practical thoughts here. I think because of how this gift has been used and it has scared us into silence. So what we've got to learn to do is we've got to learn to allow the Holy Spirit to prompt us in what to say. And let me just give you some guidance you do not have to go and stand up on your desk at the middle of, of your work and go, Attention! Thus saith God. How many of you know if you do that, you might as well start cleaning out your desk? All right? When you go through the drive through and the worker's asking for your order, you don't have to say, I proclaim in the name of Jesus, I, uh, I bind the spirit of fear I hear coming out of that speaker. And then they're like, what? You're a freak. You don't have to do all that. We make this way difficult. So what we do, very practical, what we do is we have a conversation. Hey, how was your day going? Great. Did you enjoy the football games yesterday? Man, I just sent you struggling today. You doing all right? Can I pray with you? Prayer, you allow the Holy, it's that simple. Why, why do we want to mystify and 
because we want to feel powerful. That's why we want to, this is what we've been, that's what's been modeled to us. Can I just, can, ooh, I'm getting ready, to, ooh, 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 ooh. I, ooh. I know the gifts of the Holy Spirit were designed partially for us to have good services together, but may I tell you that we have weakened the power of the Holy Spirit because we want to contain in here, and we're comfortable with somebody going, the Saint. The gifts of the Holy Spirit were put in us so that we can walk like ordinary folks that have extraordinary supernatural power inside of them and actually carry on normal conversations that are marked by the power of the Holy Spirit. Take the freakiness off of it and just allow the Holy Spirit to prompt you in ordinary conversation and begin to speak prophetically to people. In fact, we don't chase prophetic words. We don't chase prophetic people. But neither do we run away. We embrace these things because we know this. The prophetic word, the reason the prophetic word is a hearing aid is because it directs and it corrects. The, the prophetic word can confirm and affirm. Right? That's why, that's why it's such an essential aspect of our spiritual life. So we hear the word through the, the, the prophetic, but now let's bring the balance. We go back to the written word, and the writ, written word that I read to you in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says this, cast aside the weakness. Get rid of it. Wade through the wackiness, because there are some wacky folks out there that claim the name of Jesus that like to, okay, Robert's met one. All right, um, and then it says, throw away what doesn't matter. But here's the, here's the balance. We do all of that without throwing away the voice that is wrapped up in a voice. So that means I can interact with you in a normal fashion. And when you speak and I hear a prompting of the Holy Spirit, going, I need to say something, and I speak out, then you have the liberty to wade through whether I was really speaking for God, because not every prophet gets it right. Just thought I'd let y'all know that. Aren't y'all glad we're not on Old Testament standards anymore, because in Old Testament, if a prophet was wrong, you know what they did to him, right? They stoned him, okay? We, we're not going to stone each other if we're wrong. We're going to give each other some grace, because... Here's another little clue. We all miss it. There are times I feel like I'm speaking for God when I just got my own will in the way and I'm just going to say it. I just want to say it. And I wanted to, If I said I feel like God's saying, then I can say what I really wanted to say out of my own like, yeah, y'all know. Okay, y'all met them too. Okay, I can say what I want to say and get away with it, right? Because if I'm speaking for God, I can get away. Okay, Paul says wade through all of that. But don't throw away God's ability to use us because if we do, silent seasons prolong. So this morning, I, I just want to say this to you. I want you to make sure you understand that we cannot afford to be a nonprofit organization. And we cannot afford to be a one-profit organization. 
Because I've been part of churches where only one person was allowed to get the word of God. That's a dangerous place to live. Do you know who I want to be the prophets of this, this body? Every person sitting under the sound of my voice right now and some that should be here. I want you to have the ability to speak words of life and wisdom and guidance and direction into people's lives. And we operate speaking for God. Balanced off the standard of his word. Under the unction of the Holy Spirit as we hear what God is saying. We open up our mouth and without being a freak. We say, man, I hear pain in your voice. Man, I just want to encourage you. Man, I, I know you're struggling with your kids right now. Let me just tell you what I, I feel like. And we offer counsel. And in that God, it's our voice. We hear our voice. It sounds like us. But God is speaking through. And silent seasons are broken. Last week, we prayed Samuel's prayer. We said, speak, Lord, I'm listening. That was our prayer last week. This week, our prayer must become this. Speak, Lord. I'm listening. And how I'm listening is this. I renew my commitment to hear you through the aid of your written word. I will actually open up the Bible and read it for myself. I will rely on the assistance of your Holy Spirit, not just to speak, but to help me hear. I'm about to chase a rabbit for one second because I want to make sure I get this. Paul said he spoke in tongues more than anyone. But some of y'all speak in tongues so much you can't hear God. Should you stop speaking in tongues? Not all the time. But maybe you need to be quiet for a little bit. And let him speak to you. Some of you don't speak in tongues enough. Okay, balance. And the third thing is this. I will renew my commitment to not only hear prophetic speaking, but I will participate and I will allow the Holy Spirit to speak through me. If we can ever get these three hearing aids active in our life, it would shorten silent seasons so Kim would you come we're going to do this we, we practiced last week I gave you time we can't practice some of this this morning because some of this is going to require you to do some things on your own like read the word but I do want to practice this I want to practice listening to the Holy Spirit and I want to practice speaking prophetically I, I heard everybody just go. Because <laughs> it doesn't have to be freaky. And you don't have to have a business card that says, Prophet Woody Burpo. Prophet. We don't want to pick on John Niles. Prophet. Because y'all seen those guys, right? Okay. What about this? Ordinary Plano Steve. Listening to the Holy Spirit, speaking in a normal voice, but it crashing through the silence of your life, and you go, My word, that was God speaking to me. Let's 
So here's how we're going to do this. I'm going to just pray with you and for you that you will make a renewed commitment to his word and a renewed commitment to hearing his voice through the Holy Spirit. And then Pastor Woody's going to come and close us. And then you're going to do what you do every Sunday. You're going to start talking about OU and OSU and small group Sunday so you can go out there and eat like donuts right before lunch. But I'm going to ask you that while you're doing that, you put into practice what we're talking about. And any prompting or leading of the Holy Spirit, you open up your mouth and in a normal fashion, you speak for God. The person that you speak to has the responsibility to wade through your weirdness and your stumbling and your stuttering and your nervousness and maybe even going, they missed it. But they're going to offer grace and mercy enough to understand that we're practicing so that we can get really good at this so that in the moment God needs to use one of us, He can. Practice makes perfect. Father, this morning, I pray that as a body made up of individuals, better, doing our dead level best to learn how to hear you better. I pray in the name of Jesus this morning that we would have a renewed commitment to your word. Not a programmed get together where somebody reads the word to us and does all the work. But rather, I pray that we would individually make a commitment to open, actually open up the Bible. Your spoken, written word your alive word, your relevant word, your life-giving word. And we would look in there and we would diligently read because we want to be the sheep that hear your voice and follow it. I pray that as we open up your word, we would find ourselves there and that we would find principles and teachings and direction for our life. And we would model our life based on the written word of God. Father, I pray that we would become so full of your Holy Spirit that not only do we speak in tongues, but we know when to be quiet. And the Holy Spirit would begin to remind us what the voice of Jesus sounds like. And you would bring all things to our remembrance. You would remind us what Jesus said about such and such and so and so in this circumstance. Holy Spirit, teach us to hear again. Help us. Help us. Help us. To hear your voice. Father, I ask that today you would release every individual in this body whether they've ever done it before or not they would begin to operate in the gift of prophecy and words of wisdom and words of knowledge God I pray that as we practice on one another just in simple everyday conversations as we follow the leading and the prompting of the Holy Spirit I pray that as we speak we would speak clearly and concisely we would do our very very best to speak for you we would not layer that with our own agendas and our own pet peeves but we would offer words of life to one another 
to build and to edify and to equip the body. And I pray that you would allow us to practice on one another. And God, if we get it wrong or if we come off wacky or weird, I pray that the person we speak to will offer grace and push past all of that to get to the truth that was wrapped up in what we're saying. God, as we learn to practice on one another, I pray that you would release every individual under the sound of my voice. I pray that you would release us to do the same thing at work and the same thing at school and the same thing at a drive-thru, the same thing at a grocery store. Everywhere we go, in simple conversation, I pray that we would learn to speak for you and people's silence, the silence of the season of their life would be broken and they would hear the voice behind our voice. I ask you to help us to mature in this and to walk in this. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd make a renewed commitment to read his written word, would you just say, I will? If you will make a renewed commitment to listen to the Holy Spirit, would you say, I will? Will you not be a freak? Will you say, I will? Okay, we're going to hold you to that. If you'll say, I'll just speak in ordinary language, but I'll try to speak for God more. If you say, I will. We're going we're gonna to work this out. We're going to make it happen. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.